2: And John McMullen.
3: And here we go, here we go.
2: Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365.
5: a good morning, Birds fans. Kind of a weird Wednesday here on Birds 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And I say weird Wednesday because here on Jacob uh, Media YouTube channel, uh, at least Birds 365 going to be off the next two days—Thanksgiving and uh, the day after. Uh, so we're going to chit in ahead a little bit, take a little bit more of a look at the upcoming sunday game than we usually do on a wednesday and that's why at least it's a little weird for me as i'm trying to figure out what the hell we should talk about for the next two hours i'll be doing so with my partner hopefully on the mend on the recovery john mcmullen you were a little under the weather yesterday jm still not feeling great uh yeah uh, still recovering jody still still getting back but i'm here that's all that matters rehab mode mcmullen the tough guy that he is will suck it up and get it done for us the next two hours uh jm i know you didn't make it down to uh the uh, eagles uh defensive and offensive coordinators uh media gathering yesterday but you did jump in uh on the stream for those guys Uh, Anything specific that uh, was said by any of the Eagles coaches yesterday that jumped out for you either in review of the game against the Colts or looking ahead to the Packers?
6: Uh, What I did, you know, I thought it was funny that uh, Gannon uh, mentioned Aaron Rodgers, I think, twice before anybody even brought him up. (laughs) That's, You know, that's sort of the reputation of that guy around the league. It's amazing. Um, So that was my biggest takeaway um from the Colts perspective I I think Shane State Steichen knew yeah it wasn't a great day for the offense overall um and that's going to be a work in progress as they continue to move forward try to figure it out without Dallas Goddard hopefully it's not going to be um longer than four games we'll see as that shakes out but yeah, I think they're still trying to figure it out. With with That's how important he is to that offense. And then just the ability to lean back on when things aren't going well. I, I never thought we'd be here on Thanksgiving, Jody. But when things are not going well offensively, just lean on the quarterback. Um, and I think that's pretty amazing uh, where the development of Jalen Hurts and what he means to this team. Um, he won the game. He,
5: he, he, he won the game. Before the season started, it seems like eons ago, but truth be told, it was less than three months ago. We had no idea what kind of player Jalen Hurts was going to be. We all had our beliefs. We all had our leanings. We all had what we thought was going to happen. Nobody knew that Jalen Hurts was going to be a, capable of having the air that he's had right now, right there, um, yeah, probably behind Patrick Mahomes, but, uh, with everybody else in the NFL for MVP type status, nobody saw that coming and you are dead on right when you say, when in doubt, won't play the Jalen Hurts card, let him take off, make a couple of plays with his legs. That's exactly what they did in those yeah. two fourth quarter touchdowns that led them to a victory. Um, I was on WIP last night. So I had my buddy, uh, our buddy, uh, BLG, Brendan Lee Gowton on with me. And uh, I asked him about the play calling in the offense. And I read uh, the piece you did for Jacob sports as well. And you two guys were on the same page that you think, in addition to trying to figure out how the hell are we going to replace Dallas Goddard for the next, however many games he's going to miss. But also that maybe just maybe the offense was trying to do a little bit too much. Because Nick Siriani was keyed up for this game against Indianapolis? Then... Yeah, I, I mean,
6: that's how I took it while watching the game. I Well, I knew how keyed up he was for it going in. So um, I knew how important it was to him, even though he tried to downplay it, uh, you know, the week up. Um, and I thought he did some uncharacteristic things that he typically doesn't do. Um, so... I thought he pressed a little bit, you know, and it's interesting. If Frank, Frank Reich was still there, it probably wouldn't have happened. You know, I think he wanted to win even more because Jim Irsay fired Frank Reich. And I think it hurt him a little bit, to be
5: honest. You think uh, it manifested itself in the play calling by both the, and James Dykin.
6: I think it did. I think it did. I think the game plan, too many bells and whistles to try to make up for Goddard. You know, they had all these different packages and, you know takes a village type thing no just rely on you know your best players um and i think there's you know this has been such a good team i think there's this mentality that whoever we put in there is going to do this and, and it doesn't work that way i mean there are good backups there are better backups but backups are backups for a reason yep and and especially when you're talking about a star player, and that's what Dallas Goddard is, whether oh, yeah. the national media is caught up to it or not. That's what he is. Um, you're not replacing them. So you got to go about things in a different way. You got to lean on A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith or the running game with that offensive line. And I thought they had too many bells and whistles. Plus. There were some strange, you know, board down calls. The, the timeouts, trying to press, trying to draw people offside. Late, I thought. I just thought he was pressing a little bit.
5: All right, yeah, I, uh, w- w- uh, maybe I'm not understanding. What do you mean by bells and whistles? Too many bells and whistles. That well, come- he, he,
6: he, you know, they do a lot of this um, uh, four, four wide empty set, five wide looks. Uh, you know, typically with Dallas Goddard, who's really effective in those because he's, you know, he's such a great receiver. Um, and they tried to duplicate that with, you name it, um, you know, Boston Scott. And and they had a lot of weird uh, 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 duos on the outside. So you would have maybe Boston Scott with A.J. Brown, Kenny Gainwell with Devontae Smith, uh, Grant Calcaterra out there. You know, there's there's no need to do that, and especially in this game, uh, Indianapolis is struggling. But I think their defense is better than people realize. Yeah, uh, they they have a very good defense. More of their issues are on the offensive side of the football. And I I thought they you know maybe didn't pay enough respect to that to that defense and the realization that they're going to be able to shut down uh, certain things on the outside that are not uh, desirable from a personnel standpoint.
5: All right. Um, Let's say they come to draw the same conclusions that you did while watching the game. After they sit down watch the tape and break down what they did, what didn't, didn't work, what they need to do uh, better, what they need to do differently. What do you think the game plan will be this week in comparison to what they did last week? Now, you have to take into account that it's a different opponent, too. You're just not going to roll out the same thing. The Eagles aren't that good offensively that they can just say, well, here's our offense. We're going to do it. and You're not going to stop it because we're just better executing than you. But if they saw certain things on the film afterwards that they said, all right, we forced this. We tried to do a little bit too much of that. What do you think they either skim back on and or change going into this week against the Packers on offense?
6: I think they got to simplify it without Dallas. And like I said, you got to rely on your, your best players. You got to rely on AJ Brown, Devontae Smith and Miles Sanders. And every, I, I think there's this, um, mentality of spreading the football around, uh, makes you more dangerous. And in theory, I get it. Um, But when the drop off is that significant, um, you know, maybe it doesn't. So I think you, instead of, you know, assuming we have all these weapons and and that's what one player can do. We talked about it with AJ Brown, sort of the final domino, all the pieces fell into place. Well, now you don't have one of those pieces, maybe not the most important, but the second most important. And now the assumption is, all right, we're just going to, insert jack stole insert grant calcaterra insert tyree jackson and they have to play don't get me wrong but they don't have to be involved in, in, in the targets and the traffic and things like that is is kind of what i'm saying um they don't have to be involved in that stuff now if hey if somebody's double teaming a.j brown and it comes that way in other words don't force it i guess is what i'm trying to say I thought there was too much forcing, of, 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 of the football, um, in, in certain directions early in the game, and they didn't and, and it goes back to the running game, which Philadelphia fans love. I mean, why are they not running the football? All of a sudden, I, I that that is probably the bigger aspect of it. Why are they not running the football? Why are all these four and five man Four man looks, five man empty set looks. Now and, and Jalen Hurts is a big part of that running game, and he was very effective, certainly very effective in the fourth quarter when it mattered. But the traditional, as I would call it, running game. What what where's that gone, Jody? Why 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 is that not a part of, of this without Dallas Guy? If
5: you're talking about formations, I get it. But in actual throws, which kind of at the end of the play, that's the most important thing. Yeah, more formations.
6: It was more formationally. It's like why? Why are you like they're not scared of of certain people on the outside? So you know, in in the book now, sometimes you're doing those
5: looks for just that's what they run quarterback draw. With, yeah, with I was going to say, hey, that helped with the touchdown play because the Colts had not seen that look all day, and uh, the but they were uh, snipping it out, part of like and the red and and, and
6: and that's where um, Shane Steichen deserves some credit because they were snipping that out when they went empty. It was probably going to be quarterback draw, not early in the game, but you know they were still trying to throw the football when Jalen kind of said, "You know what? I got to put this on my shoulders," and. They were looking quarterback, draw, quarterback, draw, quarterback, draw. And all of a sudden they bring, I forget if it was Boston. I think it was Boston. They they motioned him back in. So it wasn't an empty set on the touchdown. And the Colts were fooled by it because they thought, all right, they're going to run a play. They're not going to run the quarterback draw. So that was a nice adjustment by Shane Steichen. But, yeah, overall, I thought they pressed too much on offense. They didn't rely. Keep it simple, stupid.
5: That's yeah, you know the old saying. Of the twenty three passes Jalen Hurts threw, sixteen of them were to uh Smith and to uh Brown. So that that that's targeting your guy. They got sixteen of the twenty-three passes. So it wasn't <laughs> like they were forced yeah, I it to
6: ball I meant more formationally. Formation. And they were trying to do it early, uh, but I meant more formationally. And it's just not it's just not scaring the opposing defense. So, you know, take advantage of your offensive line, take advantage of, of you know, arguably the best part of your team.
5: That's what I would Right done. then, Then here's, here's a uh, uh, question too. Arguably the best part of your team offensive line. You, you said it, you believe it, right? Yeah. When the Eagles win the coin toss on Sunday, why don't you put the best part of your team out there first? The Green Bay Packers are not great at stopping the run. Their defense is uh, bottom half of the National Football League. They do have this guy who apparently the defensive coordinator still has in, holds in very high regard, as does John McMullen. As does Jordy McDonald. Good to know Shaden uh, uh, Jonathan Gannons with us. Why not put the offense out there first and say yes. Uh, You guys helped us come from behind, win the game, push down the field, two touchdowns in the last five minutes. Here's the reward. Our big guys get to go out and run block the Packers right down the field to start the game. How about that for an idea, Nick Sirianni? What's the chance that happens when the Eagles win the coin toss on Sunday night? Zero. Zero. (laughs) Um, See that? I'm sorry. That annoys me. That annoys me, no end, that they make the decision solely based on numbers on a page. And they don't apply it at all to the two teams that are going to be on the field playing on Sunday night.
6: Yeah, I'm with you in general. I think there are there are opportunities, and I go back to the playoffs last year in Tampa Bay. I would have, you know, if I'm winning the toss, I'm taking the football. That was a different time frame for the Eagles. They were a significant underdog. I was trying, uh, Jalen Hurts wasn't playing like Jalen Hurts is playing now. When I have the best team, I I do want to defer. I I want to defer. And the Eagles have the best team um, more often than not. Um, Now, if Buffalo or Kansas City were on the schedule, especially Kansas City, I, I might have a different take on that. Uh, because I want to shorten the game a little bit. Um, You know, Minnesota did it. Uh, They won the toss and they took the football. Third play, strip sack, Micah Parsons, um, 40 to three, Jody. Uh, So, look, coin tosses, whether you defer or don't defer, aren't going to win you football games. But by and large, sort of like analytics and baseball, launch angle, that nonsense. You know, if you, if you score at the end of the, the first half and you get the football in the second half and score again, you're going to win the game. So 92% is the last number I saw. <clears throat> it's not just the Eagles. Right. The vast majority of the league does this, and they do it for that reason.
5: And I think it should be on a case by case, game by game, matchup by matchup basis, not by rote. And I believe the Eagles do it by rote. And I would have the same criticism about any other team. This is not an Eagle thing. This is an NFL thing for me. There are times where you want the football first. You want to make a statement. You believe you're going to move it against the other team's defense. You, you don't have to throw your defense out there first. Just I'm sorry. It, it annoys me, and it'll annoy me again Sunday. When the Eels win the coin toss, because they, always they win. basically win it every week. They're 9 for yeah. 10. So why should this be any different? We'll they rep it, Jody.
6: They practice the coin toss. They, they, they do. Rep. They work hard. On it. No is, that, walk. is
5: that part of walk-through Wednesday? Is that today's uh, uh, activity? Yeah, they are having a
6: walk-through today, so it is walk. We walk-through. We're, we're at that time of year um, where it's a... Uh, Scaling back a practice. Uh, I think we might see walkthrough Wednesdays for the rest of the year.
5: I think we might. Every Wednesday? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's getting to that stage of the season. Um, shoot. What game was it this weekend? Uh, who went into overtime this week? I forgot. It was one of the late afternoon games. Um, but they they go out for the coin toss. And one team sent out their kicker, and the other team sent out their punter for the coin toss. And I said, "What the hell? You're not going to send your quarterback out for the? When the Eagles do this on walkthrough Wednesday, is it Jake Elliott going out for the? Nah. Is this an NFL nah, thing? I, Eagles, I never uh, noticed it that way hmm. before.
6: The Eagles send out their captains, um, you know, for coin tosses. Who's the special teams captain? Um, who is the special teams captain? Um, Oh, Ra- it was Raiders Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Carlson
5: went out and. Yeah, uh, that's weird. That's weird. It was. I had no, I had. Cause I was on the air. I was on CBS at the time. And I just looked up at the screen. And here come to talk. Who are these guys? I didn't recognize either one of them. I had to check the numbers. It was the punter and the kicker. I didn't understand <clears throat> that a little bit. Anyway. um, Jake so, Elliott
6: is the special teams captain.
5: Jake is. Yeah.
6: Oh, so he would get to go out. I don't think he, I I don't see Jake out there too much on the coin toss.
5: No, it's usually, it's usually Brandon. Oh, I uh, know why Jake's not out there because he knows the Eagles are going to win the coin toss. So he's warming up because he knows he's got to kick off. He can't be wasting that time going out to the predetermined coin toss, which you know, the Eagles are going to win ahead of time.
6: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm not as immersed in the coin toss as Jody McDonald.
5: Yeah, I am. It did. It's something that uh, bugs me. It's underneath my skin and I can't get rid of it because <laughs> I think the Eagles do it with giving it zero thought whatsoever. And I think it's just another thing you got to be contemplating. Kind of like going to that many different formations, Sons, Dallas, Goddard. The Eagles put a lot of thought into that on Sunday, uh, even though Johnny Mack didn't like it. All right. He is John and I'm Johnny McDonald. We got two of our uh, good contributors joining us today. Hour number one, mere matter of minutes, our buddy Mike Gill from the Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN down at shore. Going to jump in as he usually does on Wednesdays. And then in hour number two, we're going to have the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles and Espanol, Ricky Ricardo, uh, Eagles uh, play-by-play guy on the Spanish radio network and also host on WIP. will jump in, talk some birds with us in hour number two. But up next on Bird Street 65, <laughs> Mike Gill joins Mac.
0: Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why.
5: Walk through weird Wednesday here on Birds 365 holiday week, which means we're doing things a little differently today. Yeah, we're still looking back at what the Eagles had to do to come back and win over the Colts on Sunday. But we're jettisoning ahead to uh, Sunday night because the package will be here before you know it, because we're not going to be here the next two days. Uh, So we're getting some of our good regular contributors in, like Mike Gill, from the Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN down the shore uh, Mr. Gill, you worked the phones on your show the last couple of days. What was the main takeaway from Eagles fans, those that you talked to?
8: I got to be honest, Jody. It was like 50-50. I'm a little surprised. Um, some people are – I don't know that it's – because I'm a pretty rational guy, have I talked my audience down to the importance of regular season games in all sports? Like – I, I was looking back through last year's uh, Rams season. They won the Super Bowl, you know. They were the best team in the league. At one point of the season, brace yourself, everybody, they lost three games in a row and still were good enough to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. You're not going to play your best. 17 weeks, like, it's just not happening. The good teams find ways to win when you're not playing your best and you have injuries. And this team is going through some key injuries right now. And another part of this that is, you know, weird is I actually think the Eagles match up better against better teams. These teams that don't have as much talent as them that try to slow the game down and muck the game up a little bit. They're not built to beat teams that want to pound at you the way that the Colts do and the Titans do, and the giants are going to want to do. So I'm a little surprised at some people being rational about it. But then you have the other side of the coin of the offense is a mess. This defense still needs to blitz more. The defensive coordinator stinks. Hmm. So it's been kind of 50-50 this week, guys. Uh, 50-50 is pretty good, buddy. I said yesterday, I was shocked at how rational people have actually been. Maybe it's the holiday season. I don't know.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I was used to say in the NBA, yeah, people would get all upset. It's a Wednesday in Memphis. You know, who cares? I, I've been,
8: I am famous down the shore for coining the Tuesday night in February line where, yeah. you know, who cares? It's Tuesday night in February. They certainly don't care. And, like, Rob Thompson said something in baseball that I think we should all kind of bring into sports is, I'm going to manage a game in the playoffs differently than I do in the regular season. Like, I'm going to give a guy – 10 straight days to see if he can get out of something. I'm not just going to flip my lineup around because this guy's struggling a little bit over 162. I don't know what the equivalent might be in football because there's only 17 weeks and they do matter more. But I do think you see that, you know, much like the Rams last year, they lost three straight games. And, you know, the Rams, we talk a lot about the Eagles and their schedule and who they played. You go back and look at the Rams schedule last year. They didn't beat anybody. They had one win against a playoff team last year. They beat the Buccaneers way early in the season. Of their losses last year, they lost four games all against playoff teams. They did not have one win last year that you were like, well, this is why they won the Super Bowl. They were tested. They didn't really have a win last year. I think the parity in this league is so overlooked by people yearning to Stamp their opinion. This team hasn't played anybody. Well, neither has anybody else. There's nobody out there to play. Yeah. Well, those. that's
6: the thing. You can't beat anybody if, if everybody is a nobody. And that's the vast majority. I often wonder when people say that and they say, you asked them that question, and I'm sure you lobbied it back. Well, who can you beat? Who would be relevant? And you usually get Kansas City and Buffalo. But hey, they've had their hiccups. Kansas City lost to. Indy, right? Uh, Buffalo was lost uh, to a team that, you know, just got waxed by the Cowboys, who the Eagles beat. But then you have, you know, there's always the goalposts moving, like, well, that's Cooper Rush. Well, the Vikings stink. Um, Whatever. I mean, the Eagles, you just show up, you play who you're playing, and they have the best record through 10 games. That's pretty good, right?
8: Yeah, I mean, we were trying to find yesterday, all right, if you like Kansas City the best, then who do you like next? Is it not Philadelphia? Is it not Buffalo? Has somebody usurped those two teams? Because if it's not one of those two teams, Philadelphia has beaten the other options, Dallas, Minnesota. Uh, They haven't played San Francisco. I like San Francisco. I've liked them. I love San Francisco. As soon as they made the quarterback change – is kind of when I said, "All right, now I got to take that team seriously because while Garoppolo's not great, he wins and they play for him, and that is key." Um, but I don't know who else to put in the conversation. And look, Kansas City lost to Indianapolis. I'm sure that you don't hear people panicking that Kansas City all of a sudden isn't going to be good enough to win. And Philadelphia found a way to beat Indianapolis. So right.
5: that that's what that's what annoys me. They beat the cult. Oh, you had to come from behind to beat the Colts. How can you not handle the cult? Well, the Kansas City Chiefs, who everyone is now saying is the number one team, lost to the Colts. The Eagles didn't lose to the Colts. They beat the Colts. Yeah. So Yeah. And we- they won
8: the game on the road, Jody, with – look, realistically, they grabbed two guys off the street and played them half the plays and said, let's try to win a football game here against a team that has maybe – one of the top three running backs in all the football, they basically bottled him up with two guys off the street and then had to find a way to win the game without their best offense weapon. Now we can have a conversation about what that's going to look like with Goddard out for the next couple weeks. Can they make the adjustments? That could be a concern, but that could be a concern over the next couple of weeks when Goddard comes back, that concern should slowly go away.
6: Yeah. Um, you mentioned though, two guys off the street. Mike, you and I talked about it on your show. These aren't two guys off the street. These guys are legit players. Um, and it was an interesting environment. And I think Cowie Roseman may have tapped into something here, a sort of new market in the NFL. Um, these, let's be honest, nobody in the NFL wants to pay 30-year-old players. These guys are mid-30s. Um And they don't want to play for a pittance compared to what they're used to. You know, these guys have made a ton of money over the years. Um, They sat out half a season. They kept themselves in shape. They went ring shopping. These aren't two guys off the street. That's Marvin Wilson, you know, who's on the practice squad. But that's a guy you're like, all right, let's put Marvin in there because we got some issues. This is a five-time, all-pro all decade player uh, in Dominican Sioux, Sue, uh, a former Pro Bowl selection, one of the best run stuffers of his generation in Lindball Joseph. From play one, and I thought Lindball, I thought TJ Edwards was the best Eagles defender in Indy, but I think Lindball Joseph was number two. And probably the only reason he wasn't number one, because he doesn't play that much. He played 26 reps, but. Man, he was good.
8: Yeah, we talked about it yesterday on my show when you were on, John, is like, have the Eagles kind of created the NFL version of the buyout market where these guys are just going to hang around and wait their turn to pick which team they think they fit best on. And look, you're right. They're not two guys off the street because now, and I talked about this on my show, is that sometimes the adversity and the injuries that you suffer make you better on the other side if you get something out of the replacements. Losing Jordan Davis forced them, and then Tui Peloto going down, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they would have signed both these guys anyway because maybe they didn't think he played all that well in that role. But it forced them to add these two pieces who now, when Jordan Davis comes back, will be a part of the rotation. They weren't part of the rotation before. Now you have two guys that when Jordan Davis comes back, you can say – all right, now I can play that style of defense even more, which makes us better in the end. So while you might have a couple bumpy weeks along the way, which the defense really only had the one against Washington, they might be better for it when this is all done.
5: John, you said uh, Limbaugh Joseph only played 28 snaps. Well, 28 snaps was 40% of the Eagles' defensive snaps. Do you realize that Jordan Davis – had only played 40% of the snaps in one game this year? Yeah, that's I mean. Cool. If that's his percentage of snaps for coming in off the street, and yeah, I'm going to call it off the street, they're better players than what you usually think of as off the street. Yeah. Or when you're unemployed in week nine, you're coming in off the street and he's getting as many snaps as Jordan Davis did, more so in native the nine games Davis played, that tells you something about Linvald Joseph.
6: Yeah, well, you know, one of the four, <clears throat> excuse me, cold, uh, struggling with the voice a little bit, but Mike, one of the few, uh, one of the former Eagles personnel guys told me, and this was before they brought in Linball Joseph, when they traded up to uh, draft Jordan Davis, they, they used him as the comp. They used Linball Joseph. That's the player they want Jordan Davis to become. Jordan Davis isn't Linval Joseph yet. Um, that's the player they hope he becomes. And you you saw it in week one. It's strange. But I do think, to your point, Jody, you know, people are skipping steps with Jordan Davis. See, tremendous talent. But, yeah, he's still learning. He's still learning. So when you talk about the numbers, well, Linval's been doing it forever, 13 years. Um, yeah, and it's ironic in the plug and play NFL, you can't plug and play, but they take the guy off the street. And that's what I meant. Yeah. They're off the street, but they're not your typical off the street players. Um, You know, you could put him in there. He knows how to do it. He knows how to play and he plays at that level. I don't know if this is going to happen every year, but I think other teams are going to follow
8: what the Eagles did. Well, it's going to be tough because I think because of the position those guys play helps to be able to come in and be able to, hey, listen, we need you to basically sit there and plug a hole. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's more that goes into it than that. But as opposed to bringing in a wide receiver or a veteran quarterback or a veteran, you know, tight end that has to go through the terminology. But that said, Jody, the the 40% of snaps that Linval Joseph plays if davis come back and can get 30 to 35% that means that john gannon can call that style of defense exponentially more than he would have possibly before because with davis out there all right i can go 5 3 40% of the time and i think that's high for davis i don't know that he was quite at 40 for the season he was no, working no, his way no. there no But now, hey, I can play Davis on this drive. I can rotate Joseph for the next two, get Davis back out there for the fifth drive. So it seems that he can now run that odd man front with the guys that make sense a lot more moving forward here.
6: Yeah. Um, Defense as a whole, I want to shift to because I think, you know, and happy Thanksgiving, Mike. Um, You know, I think there's going to be people all over the Delaware Valley that have, you know, their football conversations at dinner. And I think you're going to have a bunch of grandfathers and saying, oh, the Eagles can't play defense. The Eagles can't do this. And Buddy Ryan did this. And Reggie White did that. And my buddy Seth Joyner does this. That's going to be one of those guys. And, you know, the cop is always, and I mentioned this on your show, the cop is always the, the Buddy Ryan, the Jim Johnson Eagles. Why are people comping the Eagles' defense to Buddy Ryan and Jim Johnson and the 85 Bears and not the rest of the NFL today? Yeah. Today. Because of the rest of the NFL today, they're second. They lead the league in takeaways. They lead the league in interceptions. They lead the league in yards per play allowed. They lead the league in drives ending in turnover. What more – these people won from my buddy Jonathan Gannon.
8: Well, five of the top six teams that blitzed the most last week, they all lost.
6: Yeah, say that again, Mike. Say that again.
8: Of the top six teams in blitz percentage, five of them lost last week. The only team that won was Miami. Uh, They blitzed the fifth most. The top six, five of the sixth, All were losers last week. Look, the style of game has changed. The rules have changed. That's a big problem. The rules changing has dictated having to change the way that you do things. Unfortunately, um, yeah, I mean, everybody is used to seeing these guys flipping around the field and crushing a quarterback from the backside, the ball going flying up in the air, somebody picking it up and running, or guy getting hit and the ball floating up in the air and there's an interception. Well, teams can't really do that anymore. You can't hit the quarterback. If you do blitz the quarterback, there's a good possibility that you get hit too low, roughing the passer, you hit him too high, you hit him down below the knees. So everybody is trying to find ways, to get to the quarterback without having to send extras. They sent TJ Edwards on a blitz last week. Didn't Matt, work. Ryan, Matt Ryan found him right away and went right after him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do we like the game? I think aesthetically we could say I liked the game of football when I was watching it in the 90s, like watching yeah, all the big hits. I'm with you. I, uh, I do understand that the game has evolved and the rules have kind of dictated that doing that is probably not what's working best right now. And the Eagles' statistics are showing you that. Now, I think the the question would be, if they're playing against a team that has a good quarterback that can sit there and kind of pick you apart, they had this happen to them last year where they played good defense against bad teams and then they played Tom Brady and they didn't look so good. So was yeah, that but
6: isn't that like the rest of the league? The same thing happens. Yeah, when you play When you play good quarterbacks... Yeah, but more difficult time. I mean, it's Oxum's raising. Well, right? we'll see. This should
8: be interesting this week against a good quarterback who has limited weapons of what Aaron Rodgers does. Do they say, Aaron, this team is going to let you throw the ball around the yard, have at it, or are they going to try to do what a lot of other teams have tried to do, run the ball, because they can run the ball pretty well.
5: Yeah, yeah but uh, you got to admit, the Eagles got beat by Taylor Heineke which Johnny Mac says he's a journeyman, not going to be a full-time starting quarterback. So it isn't like only time the Eagles ever lose is when they're playing a superstar quarterback. No, they got beat by a run-of-the-mill quarterback just last week. Uh, and if you're going to attack Jonathan Gannon, and I'm not as big a fan as John is, maybe not as you, Mike, but I'm a fan. I don't consider myself a Jonathan Gannon detractor by any yeah. stretch of the imagination. I'm more of a fan than I am a questioner guy people attack them in the wrong way. Yeah, screw the blitz. The blitz doesn't happen in the NFL. The Eagles don't have a blitzing team. The Eagles are doing all these things right without the blitz. So why do you need the blitz? The, the knock on Gannon should be his inflexibility. When another team goes to three tight end sets and you've still got five DBs out there, why? Yeah. Why? Oh, because it's my philosophy. That's the way we play. And God forbid that I ever adjust and change that's the only knock on Gannon is that he's unflexible. He's too stubborn. His oh, I, defense I, I, is I the can... only way to play defense in the NFL.
8: I can certainly agree, Jody, that the games that where they struggle sometimes defensively, that maybe the adjustments weren't made quick enough. You know, they talk about you got to wait to halftime to make these adjustments. Meanwhile, they got iPads on the sideline the whole damn game. You go over there, you hit play. You know, we had Joe Valerio on yesterday who said, listen, when I played in the 90s, You got two faxes sent down to you of an aerial shot of the field. That's all you had to study. And that's why you had to wait to halftime to make adjustments. Now you have an iPad. You watch the damn series 10 times before you go back on the field and you can see everything. So those adjustments need to be made sooner in in games. There's no question. I think one of the problems, you know, the, the, the games that we look at where they struggled defensively and you're like, they didn't make the adjustments. The two games that stand out, it's Detroit and Dallas, where they had two score leads. And generally, your mindset is these teams are going to pass to try to get back in the game. And he's playing for pass, and these teams are saying, you know what, we're going to stick with the run. And that got them back into the game. Now, if you go to a run defense, do they start then throwing and then hit you over the top? So it's almost like he said, I'll let you get some chunk yards on the ground. I'm just not letting you beat us over the top. So I guess it's how you, I don't know, are are you okay giving up a bunch of yards on the ground if they're not going to score explosively? Or would you rather say, oh, you're not going to run the ball on us, so we're going to beef up the run, and then they take that shot over the top and you're not ready for it?
6: Yeah, and that's, you know, J.G. has said it, I think, 10,000 times now. Quickest way to get beat is over the top, and that's the whole philosophy of the Eagles defense, which can be frustrating at times.
8: The I Billy Davis style of defense. Yeah. Just beat well, us over
6: the top. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would go more Big Banjo, but you know, we could throw Billy Davis.
8: But that's the thing. Some people do it oh, well. You, were, you remember when Billy Davis was here, we yeah. talked about X plays all season oh, yeah. long. X and that's play. because,
6: you know, that that's the part that bothers me. Jody brings up the, the inflexibility. That's the part that bothers me. The part that bothers me is the group thing. Like everybody in the league is the same now. And that's one of the things with Chip Kelly. You know, Chip doesn't get enough credit. His whole philosophy, in a lot of ways, changed this league, whether people realize it or not. You're right. They they were the ones who started talking about explosive plays. And now all this coaching staff says, turnovers, explosive plays. Yeah, We talk about stats on here all the time. They don't give a fly you-know-what. They don't care. Turnovers, explosive plays. Turnovers, explosive plays. That's what they but want are, to win. Aren't
5: explosive plays dictated by stats? No, it's number, I'm not. Right? It's,
6: it's not. Yeah, they put 10-yard runs, 16-yard passes. I'm saying the only two stats they care about, Jody – are winning those two categories everything else number of sacks we always talk about sacks of Philadelphia they do not care they don't care if it's nine or two if they well, win the explosive play battle
8: and quite frankly and I think I might have said this a week or two ago is they didn't care so much about them before Jim Johnson used to tell the guys I don't care how many yards you give up from 20 to 20 give up as many as you want just don't give up six 17 points is the number. That's where we need to be. You can give up 800 yards, but if you only give up 17 points, we should win the game. And I think a lot of people look at, well, they're dinking and dunking and running all over us up and down the field. These teams don't care as long as they don't end up with seven.
6: Yeah, 17 points, you're right, is the, the mark. And we were at um, 10 games, eight games, they pitted. Um, that's pretty good.
8: The big That's thing for me too is didn't, didn't they lose both?
5: Uh, sorry uh, to interrupt. Didn't they lose both explosive plays and the turnover battle this week and win the game? Um, yeah, and that typically doesn't happen. Yeah.
6: That typically doesn't happen. I don't know if they lost explosive plays. I have to look at that. The
8: the uh, this, the big thing for me, guys, is what's the ceiling? Because you're not going to play this lights out shut-out offense or defense every week. Go back to the year they won the Super Bowl. The first week of the year, they needed a tremendous defensive effort to beat Atlanta. They had a great defensive effort to beat Minnesota. They did not play good defense against New England. But when push came to shove, they got the play they needed. So on that given day, is the ceiling of your team good enough? And the Eagles' answer is clearly yes. If they play their best. Now, they may play a game where they don't play their best. But if they do play their best, this defense is good enough to carry them. Now, I think a key is, and this is why Dallas, I think, is in some trouble. Dallas's defense is similar to Philly. They don't stop the run. They force turnovers. They get to the quarterback. But to ask them to go on the road for three straight weeks and have to play, stop the run or or on the road for three weeks in a row, I'm not sure that's a formula for them. If they only have to do it twice and they're at home – I think Dallas, then, is a team that you're like, that defense's ceiling is good enough. But if they have to do it three straight weeks, most likely on the road, that's probably going to be a problem for them. Or Philadelphia. If Philly is the team that has to go on the road in the wild card for multiple weeks, the ceiling for them drops a little bit. So, is their ceiling high enough? 1,000%. Are you going to get that for three straight weeks? Eh, Unlikely.
6: Yeah. Yeah um 1010 was the explosive play, but the Eagles generated a little bit differently than the NFL. Um, and they would count the Miles Sanders play. I can't remember um which was the longest play of the day for the Eagles by the way. they count that as an explosive play. So and that that would have been their longest to play to the Jody's point Yeah they count that. So to Jody's point, it was it was basically even. But that's why they struggled, right? That's the, that's the two categories they care about. And when you win them both, you're going to win the game, statistics say. Um, the fact they struggled in both is why they struggled in the game. But that's the mark of a good team. You find a way to win, even though you struggled
5: a little bit. That's kind of the mark of a good team, is it not? Mike, I need your take on this. I brought it up yesterday with John. And with uh, one of our guests, um, and John and I talked about at the top of the show, the play calling and trying to figure out how to adjust without Dallas Goddard. What you do instead, what uh, changes you make, how you do things differently. I thought going in, maybe something they would do would be throw the ball to the backs more out of the backfield. They didn't. They had all of three pass plays to the back. Now. The Eagles may count the pass interference play to Miles Sanders as a big play, but it it was a penalty. It wasn't a completed pass. It wasn't a chunk It was a chunk penalty, as a matter of fact. But they ended up only throwing it to the backs three times. And so far this year, they've only thrown it to the backs like 32 times for the entire year, through 11 games. through 10 games 32 times last year they targeted the running backs 90 times they're on a pace to do it in the 50s this year so not only are they not doing it as much as they did last year they're doing it significantly less why do you think that is
8: can't answer that question it's baffling to me as well jody I, i brought this up on my show miles sanders had 50 catches as a rookie for 500 yards over 500 like 517 that's 10 yards a catch Why is he not a part of the pass game? Boston Scott has displayed whenever you need him, when when Sanders has been out, and there are games where Scott has had to carry the load, he has shown the ability to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Gainwell has been a huge disappointment because you thought his reason of being selected was to be the guy who catches passes out of the backfield. Well, he can't do it. One of the other two can. Why are they not a part of the offense? bewildering to me, specifically now with Goddard out. When you don't have Goddard there, those two guys should be your safety valve and check downs and be able to have, all right. Now, Carson Wentz did not like to throw the ball to the backs. I mean, he liked to always take that shot down the field. Um, does Hurts not like throwing the ball to the backs or are they just not implementing them into the offense but for me Sanders had 50 catches as a rookie for 500 yards that's 10 yards a catch that needs to be a part since that rookie year he has 66 total catches it's unbelievable how that has
6: regressed as a receiver but I I've actually talked about this with uh, we'll throw the ball to Boston Scott then with with Nick and uh, you know Nick was kind of pounding his head against the wall for a while. And he said, at some point, um, you, you don't realize what you have until you have it. So, what he was saying from a coaching perspective—that's the logic. That's what everybody says. You want to get the back. You want to have the guy involved. With Jalen Hurts, when are you going to dump it off to Boston Scott for six yards, and he's going to run for fifteen? He just keeps it and runs for fifteen. So, from their perspective, they're like, eh, "All right." Now, when they get involved with the you know, I'd rather
8: not get hurt than Jalen hurts. I'll just interject with that.
6: Yeah, everybody brings up the injury, but I I always go with remember how he got hurt last year in the pocket, not outside the pocket. He's very good at protecting himself as a runner, but you know. But my bigger point there is always you can't legislate injuries. Take advantage of the player you have, and the Eagles are doing so. Where where they got to get better is when it's a design play, when it's a screen play to Miles Sanders or Boston Scott or somebody like that. Now, they've been very good on screen plays with Dallas Goddard. That's it. Nobody else can run a damn screen on this team. Um, Part of that is because Dallas is really good, and those guys are good. Uh, You know, one of the things our, our buddy Paul Domowicz said they had good pass catching. What was it, Jody.
5: Yeah, you got shaking two your head. good pass catching options. Yeah. I don't agree with that.
6: I it's, don't agree with that.
5: We're three years removed from Miles being that, and yeah. Kenny Gainwell. That may have been the thought process when they drafted him, but he's had more drops yeah. than he's had catches. This it's year. not. It's not
6: fair to compare anyone to Christian McCaffrey, but these guys ain't Christian McCaffrey. They're not good pass receiving backs. So until they get that type of back, and the hope was Kenny Gainwell would be that but he hasn't, he mm-hmm. hasn't been that. I don't know. I'd rather have the football in the hands of Jalen Hurts.
8: Well, and, and one of the issues, I guess, moving forward here to go back to Jody's, you know, original kind of point, which without God or what you do offensively, when you have Calcaterra or Jackson on the field, you know, what's coming. They can't block. They tried to block last week with Calcaterra. He got called, called for holding. If you have stole on the field, you know that most likely you're going to run the football. So now you have too many tells on the field, which means you've got to get creative and either get more Zach Pascal out there or get the backs involved a little bit so that you can at least try to uh, decoy what your play call might be. Because when Calcaterra is out there, it's like when Dallas puts Parsons at middle linebacker. All right, we'll throw. If Parsons is lined up on the end, we're going to run the ball at him. If, Calcaterra's on the field they're gonna throw his stalls in the field most likely here comes a run so the Eagles have to figure out how to you know decoy what they're doing with the personnel grouping on the field well,
6: now the problem is with uh Micah Parsons uh yeah he'll if he's playing middle linebacker you you can throw the ball but he'll run you down <laughs> yeah that guy is unbelievable that guy isn't isn't uh He's not, he's, not, he's not telegraphing anything, but I agree with you. Grant Calcaterra, yeah, he's telegraphing everything. And that's- Think
8: about that last week, guys. The tight ends had all three of them had a penalty last week. So trying to replace Goddard with three guys, and they all got penalized in different ways.
5: All right, this, this might sound a little uh, uh, overcritical. And I don't want to do it because I think he's done a phenomenal job shoot. I think he's the executive year in the NFL. Howie Roseman missed the boat by not getting Eagles a running back at the trade deadline who can make plays out of the backfield.
8: I guess it's a fair question to say: hey, do we like the complement of backs we have and what they do? I think they like Miles Sanders. I think they like Boston Scott, but you can ask the question, do we have every trick in the bag? And sometimes you just can't get every trick in the bag. I don't know. Is there somebody out there still? Look, guys are getting released. Uh, Henderson
6: just Alan got Gordon. Daryl Henderson.
8: Yeah, I mean there are guys out there that I guess you could still keep kicking the tires on um, to say, hey, is there somebody that can catch the ball out of the backfield that will serve us a little bit better than what we have? Maybe they're inside saying we don't really need that guy. I mean, but as we try to. As what we do, pundits and fans, we try to perfect the roster as much as possible and say, well, you've got three guys who do this. Can you get another guy who does something a little different for them? I think it's a fair question to ask. They might not value the running backs catching the ball as much as we're having this conversation in YouTube land.
6: Yeah, it's an interesting question because, you know, their history says they do value it, Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen. Um, you know, if you think about Naheem Hines and Indy, Austin Eckler. Eckler, you know, right. With the Chargers. It says they do value it. But then they got Jalen Hurts, man. And they said, eh, well, it's not that big of a deal.
8: Yeah, and the point you bring up about Hurts, you know, just running it himself is an interesting one because the quarterbacks that they were dealing with before yeah, they are, had more guys, right, are more guys who stand in the pocket yeah. And are just kind of like, okay, I'll just dump it to you. Where Hertz is kind of moving around where he doesn't need the dump off. But I do think that they could design or play call throws to the back more as opposed to just using them as dump offs.
6: Yeah, well, the wheel route worked 39 yards. To,
8: he didn't uh, catch it,
6: but it worked.
8: Exactly. It was, uh, and it's a penalty, but 39 yards, and it was a key 39 yards at that. Sanders, that. by the way, 50 catches, 500 yards. He also had three touchdown catches that year.
6: Great uh, catch at Washington from Carson. That's Lewis. right.
8: That's right. Been Very been memorable.
5: A, been a while since uh, he accomplished that. All right, The last thing. Give me the A and the B, both sides of the argument. The Eagles get to 10-1 because they do this against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. Or, man, you guys are going to have a tough time on Bird Street 65 next week because the Packers came to town and beat the Eagles because they did that. What did the Eagles have to do right to win? What would the Packers have to do right for them to be able to come in and win the game?
8: Well, I think you're the Packers. I'm, I'm trying to run the ball and see if this Eagles defense can hold up for two straight weeks now. And, you know, I don't know. The concept of the play action seems to be almost a lost art in this league. But I feel like the Eagles are a great team to try to get – Uh, if you're Aaron Rodgers, because this Watson and him have, uh, you know, seemed to found a little bit of a connection here. So if they have established a run, you're not going to run the ball 49 times like Washington did. But I thought the Colts got out of it way too early last week. I mean, they ran the ball down your throats. Then the next possession, they they threw the ball three straight plays in a row, and that let the Eagles kind of get their their haunches under them. So can they establish the run, take a couple shots down the field, catch a nap in? That would probably be the Green Bay way. But for Philadelphia, to me, the Packers' offense stinks. Their offense is terrible. Um, they should not be able to get the big plays, the explosive plays. The Eagles should dominate this game with their defense. They should win up front, uh, and they should be able to control. I think they go back to a simplified offense, running the ball, taking it right to this Packers' defense, which is good, not great. Uh, But I think if the Eagles, I think the Eagles' defense is why they would be the A, why they won the game, and conversely, their defense could also be the reason they lose if Green Bay establishes something here and sticks with it. You, the problem with a lot of these coaches is they just don't want to stick with what's working. They want to get too crazy. Oh, I have all these plays in my playbook. I gotta use them. No, there's a play called again. Run it again until they stop it. (laughs) Mike Gill, if that's the case.
5: Eagles win the coin toss. You're Coach Sirianni. You sending that uh,
0: offense? You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator
8: so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger
0: for the ones who get it done. It's out there to go, the Green Bay defense stinks. Mike Gill said the
5: Green Bay defense stinks. <laughs> Let's get a quick 7 nothing league. Go get him, Jalen. Is that what you do if you're Nick Sirianni, win the course uh,
8: Well, After watching my team's first possessions out of the locker room in the third quarter the last couple of weeks, I may try something different. I've got a strip sack fumble and a three and out. Maybe I do want to establish it right away. It won't happen. But, uh, you know, I definitely think the Eagles I'm can- going to make a bold prediction. The Eagles are going to lose the coin. Oh, I thought hey. you were going to
5: go, Sirianni will not defer. Is this no akin, not happen.
8: Cody, so you're a Jets guy. Is this akin to what's going on with the Jets and the coin flip? I saw something about their the coin flip and the Jets. Uh, have you seen this?
5: No, it is the coin flip with the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson stinks or – Zach Wilson stinks. Oh, it's a two-headed coin. That's <laughs> the biggest problem with
8: the – No, know. there's something with the coin flip with the Jets that has happened this year – Um, I think that every time, here it is, the coin flip, every time they have won the coin flip, it's as dictated the result of the game. If they've won the flip, they've won the game. If they lost the flip, they lost the game. Yeah. Okay.
5: Uh, That's so it's six and four, which is right about the numbers of potential coin flips. So it's not as outrageous as the Eagles winning nine out of 10 and deferring every single time maybe just no i'm not even gonna try i know i'm just gonna get myself upset again
8: yeah never
5: upset when you join us mike gill hey have a happy thanksgiving don't eat too much but don't eat too little big guy
8: all right everybody we'll talk to you next week yeah thanks mike
5: that's mike gill if you get south of uh like say washington township Uh, For those of you in the Delaware Valley, if you're driving around in your car, you can get Gil in the afternoons on 93.7, the Sports Bash uh, ESPN radio. All right, Jody McDonald, John McMullen coming back. Uh, We'll have some fun coming up in less than 20 minutes. The voice of the Eagles, en Espanol. Ricky Ricardo's going to join us. Uh, I got a couple of NFL points I want to invite John when we come back because, yeah, we got a good Thursday. Tomorrow is going to be a good football day. Usually on Thanksgiving, at least one of the games is a stinker. Wow. And yeah. chances are one will turn into a stinker. But on paper, they all look pretty good to me. Uh, a couple things more for Jody Mac With me, Jody Mack, coming back here on Bird Street 65.
4: Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers. Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else, plus get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event.
8: At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience,
4: University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salas.edu.
5: number two on a wednesday edition of birds 365 jody mcdonald with john McMullen. feel free to like share and subscribe when you stream on in with us here on birds 365 all right j mac i'm gonna do it again even though i know that it's just foolhardy and gets on my nerves more than anybody else's but uh, i feel the need if i ask you for for Birds 365, you and I were both going to submit our power rankings for the NFL. Give me your top three right now in the NFL in order. John McMullen Power Ranking National Football League heading into week number 12.
6: Um, I'm going to go. Uh, people are not gonna like this, but I'm going to go um Number one, Kansas City. Um, and remember, to me, these things are a snapshot. That's right now. Hey, that's what they should be. No no, Dallas Goddard. Uh, so that changes things uh, for the Eagles. Uh, number two would be the Eagles. Uh, number three, I think you can make an argument for three teams. Uh, Buffalo, um, Dallas, which people are not going to like, and San Francisco which people are not going to like um, I would go Buffalo uh, probably is the more proven one, but those would be my top three.
5: Okay. You're close, um, but you're not exactly right. So we would have a, a split vote between you and I number one is the Philadelphia Eagles. They've only got one loss. My power rankings would be, uh, it sounds to me like you put more emphasis on and what's going to happen next Well, a snapshot doesn't look into the future. A snapshot looks at that moment, that second, and they're the only team with one loss. So that's why I would have the Eagles number one. I would have the Chiefs number two. And oh yeah, I'd have the Miami Dolphins as number three with only three losses and a win over Buffalo that uh, you have at number three. So I I think Miami is being shortchanged. I looked around. They had the power rankings out again today. It's Wednesday because on Wednesday after the, Monday Night Action, they put them out on Tuesday, so Wednesday you can have a look at them. Um, Let me just run these down quickly for you. Uh, Nine major outlets uh, had the power rankings listed. Those that had the Eagles at number two included the Athletic, ESPN, CBS, Bleacher Report, Pro Football Talk, and Yahoo. At number one. They in agreement, number two with you, they had like seven of the the eight. At number one, agreeing with me, was the Ringer and the USA Today. Both still have the Eagles number one. And then there's Sports Illustrated, your outlet, which is- I don't even know who does the- Oh, I know. I know. Connor Orr, Connor Orr, who comes on with us every once in a while. I think we've had him on twice. Oh, I'm going to put the call in Connor this week to see if I can get him for next week here on Birds 365. Number one, he has the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two, he has the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Number three, he has the Buffalo Bills. And at fourth, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Your publication, McMullen... Sports Illustrated has the Eagles' well, power ranked at number four right now.
6: You, you, uh, well, again, it's
5: one person, it is. It's uh, Conor. Orr. I, I, I get, you know, by the way,
6: there, I get not trying yeah. to
5: hide behind it. It's Conor, Orr, yeah, ranked them fourth in the NFL, and that's why NBA. I say it like
6: people, people say it here with Jacob Media. Well, blah 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 says on Jacob Media, and they blame me. I'm like, it's somebody else's opinion, it's not my opinion, right. We don't have all the same opinion, Uh, but I get where Connor's coming from. I just said, and when you say it's about definition, you know, when I say snapshot, you have a different definition than I have a definition of to me, the snapshot is okay. How is the team playing right now? What are the issues with the team? And I think the Eagles now have some issues because of injuries, not only Dallas gutter, but Jordan Davis, we always talk about. And I mentioned yesterday on the show, People forget Abonte Maddox when they had issues after that first drive, it was always involving Josiah Scott. One of the weird things, Baldy, who does a great job, Brian Baldinger, breaking things down, did one of his little video clips on the good plays from Josiah Scott. Well, he had some good plays, and, you know, but every single time it was a breakdown from Josiah Scott when Indianapolis did move the ball through the air, so I looked it up, at pro football focus, sure enough, he was the worst Eagles defender
5: by a wide margin. Um, it, but, he, but And I, I apologize for interrupting, but Josiah Scott can't come off the field when the other team has three uh, tight ends on the field and the Kobe Dean can't get on there. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's a different desperate to keep Josiah Scott on the field. Jonathan Gannon. Why? Well, I don't know, but
6: he wasn't getting the, the problem
5: isn't when three tight ends are on the field.
6: The problem is when the receivers are on the field, and he's getting wrecked by the receivers, um, which is a problem. That's a big problem. And, and that Avante Maddox injury is bigger than people realize, I think. Um, so that, to me, is the definition. So, you know, to me, the most impressive team this week, you know, if you want to go that route, is probably Dallas. Right
5: beating the I mean, out of the, Minnesota.
6: Yeah. In Minnesota, which is a typically a very difficult place to play against a team that was 8-1, and, and they just destroyed them. I mean, destroyed them uh, from play three on, as I mentioned. And number two was probably San Francisco. I mean, they were so dominant in, in Mexico. Um, so I get where he's coming from. And, and I'm more pathway. You're more into, you know, all right, they have one loss. They're the only team with one loss. You know, when the playoffs come around, though, that's all that's, all that's going to matter is that week, right? So right. who's sure. playing best that week? Who's healthiest that week? And so in that quick snapshot, I mean, Dallas shot up in my estimation which Eagles fans are not going to like.
5: They did. But then again, they're one week removed from having been beaten by the Green Bay Packers, who are a below 500 team, who have lost six of their last seven games, and the only win that they do have is over the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so which are the Cowboys? Are they the team that lost no. to Green Bay the week before? Or are they the team that beat Minnesota? You only have to travel nine days to see both games. And- so that's how I would look at my power rankings, not just What happened within the last 72 hours? Well, and I didn't put Dallas. What's happened over the first uh, 11 weeks of the season? I didn't
6: put where he had – he put Dallas at two. I didn't put – that. I put him in the conversation for three, but I went with Buffalo. Um, You know, Mike brought it up. Mike Gill brought it up with the Rams last year. You know, a lot of times you're trying to find yourself as a team and people do – Look, the NFL you only play seventeen games, so it's more important than NBA games or major league baseball regular season games. At the same time, though, because of the scarcity of the games, every loss is considered catastrophic. It's not always the case. I mean, if you're if you're bonding yourself, if you're learning from a particular loss, if you figure things out, um, and that's really hard to see in the moment. Um, you know, if I'm the NFC, if I'm in the NFC, like I said, whoever, whomever, whether it's Minnesota or whether it's the Giants, um, sort of these upstart teams, they're not beating Dallas or San
5: Francisco. Um, you know, and again, so injuries. You, be... Do you think the Cowboys going to crush the Giants coming up on Thanksgiving? Yeah,
6: yeah, I do. i i I'm. You know, not like they crush Minnesota. That's
5: difficult, but yeah, no, I think they're going to... You mean, you mean I'd have to give 37 and a half with yeah. the Cowboys if I wanted yeah. to take them this week against the Giants? Um, I think the Giants are
6: heading downward, and they're heading upward. I think there are two ships passing in the nights, Um and that'll probably come to fruition on Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. Here's where, I mean, here's where you're probably
5: than. right, John, and... I don't think the Giants are going anywhere. I really don't think they're going to do anything, but it all comes down to the levels of critique and or criticism. I checked it last night when I was on the RNWIP. The Eagles are the favorite to win the NFC. Still, Uh, San Francisco is second choice. Dallas is third. I could try and find it real quickly. The, The Eagles are like two to one. San Francisco is like seven to two. The Cowboys are like four to one the giants are 33 to 1 to win the NFC. Yeah. They they're tied with the Dallas Cowboys. They've the same record as the Dallas Cowboys. Now Dallas has a tiebreaker because they beat them twice already. They've already played twice, they beat them twice. And the Giants are just buried in the wagering markets to win the NFC. Now, I wouldn't even take 33 to 1 cuz I don't think the Giants are going to win the NFC. But the the space between the top teams and the drop-off to the Giants is just, like, off the charts. I don't quite get it or understand. Yeah. It. Nobody believes
6: it. in the poor Giants. That's why Brian Dayball, you know, he finishes still a long time. But he's probably the leader in the coach of the year voting because when you talk about expectations versus results, and that's what usually coach of the year is about, He's probably the coach of the year.
5: Yeah, see, I'm. I think that the coach of the year might be right here in Philadelphia. It depends on what. Yeah, but
6: they never give it to the best. You know, Bill Belichick would have 50 of them by this point, but they never give it to. uh, Right, but John McMahon had the Eagles winning 11 games. What if they win 15? Yeah, you're right. You're right from that perspective. But the problem is, you know, as you go through the season, that sort of goes farther and farther in the rear view mirror. So when everyone knows a team is good and everyone thinks a team is good and everyone realizes
5: a team is good, then you're supposed to win. I give you one outlet doesn't realize Eagles are good. That would be Sports Illustrated, who has the Eagles power ranked at number four this week because they only beat the Detroit Lions, the uh, Indianapolis Colts by one point.
6: By the way, Jody, um, number four in a 32 team league is still good. Still good. Still no, real good.
5: It's not bad, but it's woefully low as to where they actually should be this week, at least in my power rankings. I John McMahon, I'm Jody McDonald. I see on hold joining us next, ready to jump in from the green room, the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles and Espanol. Ricky Ricardo's gonna join us here on Birch 365.
4: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers, go for the hit, and the hits. Go for the stakes, and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
0: Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we've always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why.
1: The greatest fans on earth.
5: 365 you got McMahon and mcdonald we are joined by the voice of the eagles in espanol one mr ricky ricardo que pasa amigo
3: good morning gentlemen how are you
5: we're doing great ricky thank you much for uh, hopping on board mm-hmm. all right uh, i didn't catch your call but and i won't ask you to repeat it but i'm just gonna ask you to read on it the jalen hurts touchdown that wins the game for the eagles the other day Mm -hmm. Uh, You see it on TV and then you see the replay shot from behind where it looks like the Red Seas parted and the middle opened up for Jalen to be able to skip the my into the end zone. Um, Man, that was a well-designed play, perfectly executed play. You think it was going to be that easy, Ricky?
3: I didn't. And uh, it's funny. I watch, I think it's Orlovsky who sometimes is a little iffy on his analysis, but he broke down the play the other day on television where the first option actually was Devontae Smith out in in the right corner of the end zone. (laughs) And when the safety went over to double and help out with Devontae and then Kelsey has the, the key block is from Kelsey on the linebacker. It just opened up. It was, it was wide open, right down the middle for, for Jalen Hurts. Give Jalen credit for looking at the defense it, it all depended on that safety. If the, and I, It may have been McLeod, but if the safety went to help on Devontae in the corner, okay, then you were going to have an avenue. And if that linebacker was clipped and Kelsey had the key block right down the middle, then you saw it. He went in untouched. It was a magnificently drawn-up play, and it worked out perfectly.
6: Yeah, yeah it was. And the Eagles uh, had a little tweak to that because they've been playing all those empty sets, Ricky. And Indianapolis kept figuring out, oh, they're going to run quarterback draw at an empty sets, And then they brought, I think it was Boston Scott, the running back Boston, and Weber yep. was on the field. Um, they brought him back in with motion. That kind of confused Indianapolis. Um, Rodney played well, by the way. Rodney McLeod, you brought up Rodney. He, he played very well. It was good to see that. Uh, but Jalen Hurts, we'll just say, first of all, happy Thanksgiving, Ricky. But did you think you'd be here on Thanksgiving and we're talking about Jalen Hurts putting his team on his back? Because he won that football game in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Eagles were struggling offensively.
3: That was the one thing, and I, I may have may have mentioned it to you guys in the past, I, obviously on the radio, but that's the one thing that I needed to see to really cement my opinion of Jalen Hurts as the foundation You know, call it what you want, uh, you know, franchise quarterback for this team. I needed to see him take, and look, he had a chance against Washington. It didn't happen. But this past Sunday, he took the team on his shoulders and says, I'm not going to let us lose this game. I needed to see the Eagles come back from some adversity. It's the one thing when they were still undefeated that we had not seen yet. They had really cruised through every victory, they had owned the second quarter. Up until the Washington game. Again, they get limited in the second quarter against the Colts. So you're starting to, you know, you're starting to wonder as I'm doing the game, I'm saying to myself, is this going to happen again this week? They didn't dominate the second quarter as they have all year long, and it's getting late here. It's time for Jalen to do something. The defense played very, very well. When you, I don't care who it is, you're you're on the road and you hold the team to 16 points especially after Taylor had just run through them like, a, you know, a hot knife through butter on that first drive. So you really, and then uh, one of the three field goals was after a turnover. So you were already on the other side of the field. So that defense really limited the Colts to just two field goals. When you think about it, as far as moving the football down the field. So it really was going to be up to Hertz because up until that point, and, and I, I thought some of the play calling guys, I don't know about what you think, I thought some of the play calling was a little iffy by Steichen. I, I didn't know about the, the three consecutive runs by Boston Scott. Yeah. I that scratched was weird. My head. What the heck that was the weird.
6: Well, you I know, the weird thing about that, Ricky, is they did that in Detroit as well. He doesn't play the whole game, and then they put him on there for these high-leverage snaps. Like, I, I, I mean, Boston's fine if he's involved, but – all of it, he's not involved, not involved, not involved. Then he's getting three consecutive high-leverage snaps. Yeah, that was weird to me. That was very weird.
3: It was. It was. And, and look, it, it Hurts is the kind of guy, look, he is level-headed. Uh, there's one thing about Jalen Hurts. He doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. You know, he's got the right mentality for the position. I'm convinced of that. But I needed to see him take the team and put it, put it on his shoulders. And he was able to do that against albeit the Jeff Saturday-led Indianapolis Colts.
5: Eagles were able to win this game, Ricky, despite the fact that they lost the turnover battle. Jalen Hurts coughed it up once, On while we give credit on some of the play design. Miles Sanders, one-on-one on on a defensive end, and Gakwe blows right by him, and Jalen never saw him, so he coughed the football up. And the fumble by A.J. Brown in the fourth quarter, which could have been tragic. Now the Eagles got the ball back, but that could have been uh, basically the end of the game right there, right then. What do you think about that play? The design, the way A.J. Uh, handled the football after catching it. What was your read on that play?
3: It looked uncomfortable to me. I, I, you know, I'd have to go back and look at the route that he ran. But he had the two defenders behind him. And it was very similar to the Quez Watkins turnover, you know, in, in the Washington game, not from the, the, the point of view where it was a, obviously the Quez play was a longer pass down the field and he gets up. The guy comes in from behind. But again, it's a turnover caused by a defender out of view of the receiver in two weeks in a row, which I thought was interesting. And look, if there's one guy you figure is going to hold on to the ball in that receiving crew, it's AJ Brown. I can see that with a Quez. I could even see it maybe with a Devontae Smith, but the big, strong, burly wide receiver in AJ Brown—that—that that probably you'll probably won't see that again this season. Yeah. Hopefully not.
6: Yes, I hear Franklin was the guy. That was like I compared it to Jody yesterday, Ricky. That's like a boxer. He hit him on the chin, man. That was perfect. Uh, yep. he, he just punched the football out. It was like a perfect punch, uh, and the football came out. And that's going to happen. You're right. A.J.'s not going to lose that ball, so I'm not con- too concerned about that because you're not going to have that, that perfect punch time and time But and the, time to again.
5: follow to follow Johnson's analogy, sorry for interrupting, I agree with you. He dropped his guard. He, he, you know what? The only way you can catch one on the chin is if you drop your hand and you leave your chin out there. And that's exactly what he did. He catches it in motion, which he's great at. Catch, uh, and then he either runs by guys or he runs over guys. He then <laughs> stops in the middle of the field to try and put a move on. That's not A.J. Brown. He does, He's not going to juke and jive past somebody. He's either going to run by him or he's going to run over him. And for some reason, he came to a stop and he, yeah, he caught the perfect punch on the chin because he stopped and dropped his hand and he gave the guy a perfect punch.
3: So we'll call it the Chuck Webner catch. Well, there there you go. Very there good.
6: we go. Nice Chuck Webner reference. I love that. You go with Andre the Giant versus Chuck Webner back in the day. Um uh it, it, too bad uh Joe Santa Luquito isn't here to talk yeah. boxing with us, but uh, uh I will say about this team defensively, I, I gotta tell you, Ricky, man, you know, when Ball Joseph shows up. And Dominican and Sue shows up and they just play well. What does they this did. say about the old school mentality of, oh, this is the NFL. This isn't baseball where you can make a trade and, you know, put a guy in the middle of the lineup and it's hitter, you know, it's batter versus pitcher. And it's just mano a mano. This is supposed to be, you can't plug and play in this league. Well, they just plugged and played and they played well.
3: They got many more snaps than I thought they would get. Uh, and I thought both of them played both. I like the attitude that both guys bring to the team. They've got a little edge to them. Both Joseph. Remember, Joseph caused havoc against the Eagles last oh, yeah. year in a Chargers uniform.
6: Yeah.
3: And we all know about uh, uh, Ndamukong Suh, There's no more edgier player, guy with an attitude, you know, for the last, you know, 10, 15 years in the league than Ndamukong Suh. That's the one thing that the Eagle defense kind of lacked, in my opinion. I think both of those guys could have played for Buddy Ryan on a line with White and, you know, with Joyner and Simmons. That's the kind of attitude that both Joseph and Sue bring to this defense, which I think was lacking up until it was a very talented defense. But a little edge, a little attitude, a little something-something, that both of those guys bring to this defense, I, I think is a welcome addition. They got many more snaps than I thought they would get. And obviously it was needed. They shut down Taylor after that first drive. Taylor was basically invisible the rest of the way. They did their job. And I think though and being fresh, obviously not not having the wear and tear of the first ten weeks of the season, I think is huge. To have these guys fresh for the last seven weeks and into the postseason, I think is going to be a major addition. And we'll see when the rookie comes back, when Davis comes back, how they rotate the three guys.
5: All right, Ricky, although I'm ready to go, all uh, Wayne and Garth, we're not worthy, we're not worthy to Howie Roseman for getting Adam Katu, for getting Linvald Joseph, for uh, getting James Bradbury and Chauncey Gardner Johnson, for getting Kaizu, his entire uh, – putting together this roster from the end of last season to today has been outstanding. He's probably the executive of the year in the NFL. Did he miss the boat by not getting Eagles a pass catching running back at the trade deadline?
3: Ooh, you know, I've been calling all along for, you know, I wanted Jordan Howard back. I wanted that, that guy that could get you a yard. The, the Eagles are still having issues in short yardage. They tried with Boston Scott on several occasions. It didn't work. The only guy that can get you on a third and two, third and a yard and a half is Jalen Hurts. Jaylen. Yeah, and well, he he's does pretty good it. at
6: it. Yeah, he does it. And,
3: and you, you don't want to put your quarterback at risk that often in short yardage situations. Now, the guy that used to push him from the, from the us from behind in short yardage, the expert at that was the guy that I think is going to be the biggest absence for the next however many weeks, and that's Dallas Goddard. But yeah. Goddard was the guy, yes. you know, that was helping on that push from behind. You don't want to put that player, not Jalen Hurts, into that situation. I would have loved for them to have gotten a, a blunt style back, a Jordan Howard style back, somebody that, can, go, you know, that you can use five, six times a game, short yardage, right behind the center Right off tackle, get you get you a yard, couple of yards on a big third down. If it's a fourth down, you may want to use him. That's the one personnel move, guys, that I think that uh, that, that that Howie fell short of.
6: Now I'm I'm with you, Ricky. I don't give a rat's you know what about the short yardage back because forget about the touchdown, the fourth and two play. Yeah. If you hand that football to Jordan Howard, you're not getting it. If you hand that football to LeGarrette Blount, he's not getting it. the The Colts snipped that out and played that beautifully, and somehow Jalen Hurts got three yards out of it yeah. and extended the game. And the Eagles go on to win the game. So I don't care about the short yardage back. They had the best short yardage back in football. He just happens to play quarterback. He just
3: happens to be the quarterback. Yeah. That's the one guy you don't want to put at risk either.
6: So
5: it's yeah, catch but Ricky, him, Ricky, bro. Ricky. When yeah. was the last time you saw a quarterback get hurt on a quarterback sneak?
3: All right. All right. I'll give you that, Jody.
5: Never happens. Never yeah.
3: happens.
6: It's yeah. a- it's not a dangerous play. I don't Never. have any issue with that, but you brought up the one issue I do have, and you can't have everything. I'm not blaming Howie Roseman. You can't have everything, but they, the drop off from Dallas got to Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra and, 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 and Tyree Jackson—that's like the drop off from John McMullen to Ricky Ricardo. That is a massive, massive drop off. I—I uh, I don't know. You got to have something there. I, I, if I look at Howie, I would say, "Come on, what what is the plan at tight end?" And you can't legislate injuries. You know, hopefully Dallas gets back, but that's a concern for me. That, their tight ends are not good enough right Look, now.
3: Look, it's a dead giveaway right now. If Stoll's in the game. It's a running play. Yeah. If Calcantara's in the game, it might be a pass play. And you're going to use two tight ends. How, how often do the Eagles, you know, use two tight ends with, with the kind of receivers that they have to try to confuse the defense? But yeah. you've got an obvious blocking tight end in Stoll. You've got an obvious receiving tight end. Calcaterra can't block Jody Mack.
5: Yeah. You
3: know, and so Tyree, you know, Tyree Jackson, who knows? It, I, I wish Tyree Jackson's big athlete, blah, 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 big got the knee injury last year in the last game. He might be the best of the bunch, but he's just getting back on the field. So it, it really does handicap them, not only the talent that Goddard has, and he's having a tremendous season, but it's a dead giveaway. What kind of play is coming? If Stoll is on there, it's a run. If it's Calcaterra, it's going to be a pass.
5: Yeah. Ricky, uh, we talk about this probably more than we should on Birds 365 because, again, I want to give Howie Roseman a lot of credit. He hasn't gotten an extension done yet this year. And Howie has for the last several years, last year being the biggest when he got huge one done with Goddard and Milada and Maddox. Um, they did a phenomenal job. Uh, we don't think of it as like uh, signing free agents. Well, those guys were that close a couple of months from being free agents, and he kept them all in the mix. He hasn't done any of that this year. Number one, why do you think that is? And number two, if something gets done over the next couple of weeks, because pretty soon you'll be at the end of the season. You don't even want to think about negotiating. You just want to have complete now focus toward the playoffs. Why do you think he hasn't been able to get anybody extended? Because basically two thirds (laughs) of their defense is going to be a free agent at the end of the year.
3: Yeah, uh, look, I, I'd love to see them lock Hurts up. I'm at the point now where I'm I'm good. All right, let's lock Hurts up.
5: You can't lock, lock- Hurts up. You can't even talk to them till after the season's over. Yeah,
3: but uh, there, there are look this this roster. If they don't get it done this year, there's mad. This this is almost like the New York Mets when you compare situations. A long list of key guys that are gonna gonna be free agents. Yeah. You're really rolling the dice on getting the job done here with this particular group. Because It could look look very, very different next season if he doesn't get it done. But look, I'll give him a mulligan. Up to now, he's proven me wrong. Every time I've had doubts in Howie Roseman, he's done something to say, ah, there he goes again, and he's done the right thing. So until he fails, I'm going to stick it out and say, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt.
6: Yeah, I think our buddy uh, Brad Spielberger, uh, Jody, from Pro Football Focus pointed out, at uh, 60% of the Eagles defensive snaps are going to be free agents in the off season by far, by far the most in the NFL. So they have a lot of decisions to make and they have to sign the quarterback. Oh, by the way, as you mentioned, time to talk, start talking extension with him, but that's for the future right now because it is Thanksgiving, Ricky, you know, people are going to sit at their tables and talk football and you're going to have the, the old school people saying, yeah, buddy, Ryan did this and Jim Johnson did this. And this Eagles defense can't do that. This Eagles defense is unbelievable. Number one in so many different categories. Why, why are people so hung up on comparing generation to generation? This is just a different game.
8: What It's a,
3: it's a different league, John. It's a different way with, that we play the game. You know, the Tampa 2 revolutionized defense years ago. It, it's just a different way to go about it. And that's exactly what I meant when I, when I was talking about the attitude and the edge that a guy like Sue or Linval Joseph brings to the team. Because I think Eagle fans, especially those old school fans, they like that nasty – half the stuff those guys did would be called a penalty today. You got personal – we'd have yeah. personal fouls yeah. left, right, and center. So it's a different set of rules. It's a different game. It's it's. Look, we, we saw Brandon Graham get penalized for putting his hand on a quarterback's shoulder for Pete's sake. Yeah, I know. So it, it's little things- – I talk about this
6: every week with Seth on the Jacob uh, postgame show. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, Seth is always like, I do this, I do that. And they I'm like, you get 15 yards, Seth. Yeah. I mean, it's a different game. Yeah, and right you bring right. up, that's a good point with Brandon. I mean, think about that. Think about that. And by the way, that was the correct call. That's the rule. He should have been called for a penalty. But that's the reality of the new NFL versus yeah. the old NFL.
3: Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, the, uh, I refer to it as pre-Joey Porter, and post Joey Porter, yeah, nice yeah. of playing of playing defense in the National Football League. Post Joey Porter, you can't touch anybody anymore. Yeah, so I... you know, for those that want to see the Jim Johnson days or the or the Buddy Ryan days, come back, throw the flag, throw the flag. There's 15 more. There's another another personal foul. So I, I look, I think they're doing an outstanding job. This defense is 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 is, is playing a style. Where it's flexible, it's not read and react. It's a little bit of a wide nine here. It's a little tighter over here. They're doing it. They're doing everything that Gannon's asked them to do. Now, does Gannon always get it right? No, but more often than not, he does his play. The the, the defensive play calling of Bradbury, Gardner, John. The additions have fit in perfectly, which is not easy to get a bunch of guys together and mesh as quickly as they did on this defense for this year. So, look, uh, I, I think the Eagle defense has been outstanding. For those that are going to criticize it, I don't think they know what they're talking about.
5: And I like your Joey Porter demarcation. I'd probably go yeah. even more defined and say first concussion lawsuit demarcation, because that's when everything changed. When yeah. uh, they they started to lose billions of dollars in lawsuits. Hey, we got to change the rules. Yeah. Um, it's it's that-
3: either Joey Porter or James Harrison. One of the two. And uh, oh, by the
5: way, thank you for leading me into my next point. James Harrison is one of the 28 finalists for the Hall of Fame. They came out with their list of 28 yesterday. One of which is, now we'll tie something else in it we just talked about, a Buddy Ryan player, is Eric Allen. And maybe it's because that's when I came to town. Maybe it's because my wife somewhat knew uh, his wife uh, from shopping in a local store here in town. I maybe I'm looking at this with Eagle color blinders on. I think he's an unquestioned hall of famer in my mind. I think he's one of the five best defensive backs over the last 30 years in the national football league. He's made the semifinals a couple times. He hasn't made the finals yet. Any chance Eric Allen gets more respect from the hall of fame committee this year, Ricky?
3: I'll give you a comparison. Jimmy Rollins was eligible for the hall of fame. The first year that number two from, from the New York Yankees was eligible. This year, Eric Allen goes up against who? Darrell Revis, of all people.
6: Yeah, you know, yeah.
3: sometimes the voters, you need to look at it as individuals. I get it. But sometimes, well, I, I agree with you. I think Allen is, is he a first ballot surefire? No. But by this point, I think he should be able to get in. It's going to be tough this year, especially with the competition that I saw on that list. I think Revis is a surefire no-brainer. Close your eyes. He's in. Can you put Eric Allen and Revis in the same class, Jody?
5: No, mm, uh, Yeah, Derek's behind him. Uh, Revis is on another level himself. Exactly. And you're right. That's an excellent point that they do look at the positions as well. It's, yeah, it's we the overall class, but you're supposed to the other players to, at the do. same position.
6: Yeah, they're not supposed to. And they're, they're not supposed, know, supposed they do. to. But yeah, it's the but Jimmy
3: Rollins-Derek okay. Jeter effect. Oh, yeah. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Rollins on his own, without Jeter on the ballot, would have looked a lot better. But when yeah. you compare him to Derek Jeter, it's like, oh, he's not even in the same class as this guy.
6: Yeah. And Paul Paul Domowitz our buddy, he's been working hard to get Eric Allen in for years. Probably should have made it by now. Shouldn't be up against uh, Darrell Rivas. But, yeah, Is I look at the, the two, two guys.
3: Film? I don't see him on television anymore, Eric.
6: No, I don't. I don't know what what Eric's doing, but I mean, when you look at his, because he was numbers, a
3: good analyst. I thought he was a very yeah. good analyst.
6: Yeah, and he has some of the best numbers in NFL history, as far yeah. as um, It's it's kind of amazing. Uh, Joe Thomas, I, I think Joe Thomas and Darrell Revis are the two guys who are no brainers this year. And then there's a lot of good conversations to have. Um, but you're right, guys. I mean. They say they don't look at that, but history tells us they do. do. And they don't like to put in, uh, unless it's quarterbacks, they love to have as many quarterbacks as possible. Um, And because there's a business aspect to it as well, even though people don't want to admit that, uh, you know, because they have the Hall of Fame weekend and all that kind of stuff. And it becomes high profile. But yeah, Eric Allen should be in the Hall of Fame. That said, he's not Darrell Rebus. I'd agree with that.
5: Right. And, oh, by the way, I don't think there's any quarterbacks on the ballot this year. Are there? I, don't uh, I do not believe there are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's something you don't have to worry. Well, the quarterback gets in because they like yeah. putting quarterbacks in. There's no quarterbacks to put in. Yeah. So maybe, just maybe, this is the year that uh, Eric Allen gets in. All right. Ricky, I asked this of Mike Gill when we had him on early. I'm going to ask it the same way to you. Give me the A and the B. A, Eagles improved to 10-1, and 1, take care of business, beat the Green Bay Packers because they did this, blank, fill in the blank. Or, uh-oh, Eagles have now lost two of their last three because the Packers came and beat the black-clad Eagles on Sunday night at the length because the Packers did this. What did the Eagles have to do right to win the game? What do the Packers have to do right if they're going to pull the upset?
3: Well, I, I have many many friends, relatives that are Packer fans, and they've been waiting.
6: I'm sorry about that, Ricky. They've been
3: waiting for the Packers to have this metamorphosis and return to normalcy week after week. Most
6: spoiled people in the world, Ricky. Packers.
3: Now, they thought it happened against Dallas a couple of weeks ago when they came back from the two-touchdown deficit and won the game in overtime. They should have lost that game. If we're honest – the Packers should have lost the Patriot game earlier. Belichick blew that game at Lambeau when they had the Packers on the ropes late. Green Bay is not not even a shell of itself this year. There's a lot of conversation this week about Aaron Rodgers having been mentally checked out. I buy that. I buy that to a certain extent. Uh, to a large extent, I do. I think the Eagles, I'm going to go A, Jody, number one, because... On a holiday weekend, if you're talking about guys that might be mentally checked out, then you've got to travel to another city to play a prime time game again. Uh, Bakhtiari, that whole offensive line for the Packers has been awful. The pressure of Rodgers has been in his face all year. I think the Eagles dominate the line of scrimmage. They put pressure. Rodgers may not make it through. We may see Jordan Love at some point in this game on wow. Sunday night. Wow. Ricky
5: picking a, that's out. a prediction.
3: That's the, a prediction. Kind of, that's the kind of pressure that I think they will put on Aaron Rodgers uh, this Sunday night. I, I don't see Green Bay having the big turnaround game. Years ago, if you remember, when Green Bay was slipping and Rodgers had that famous quote of relax. Re-
6: relax, yeah.
3: The relax. game that they, that they turned everything around, was at the link on a Monday night against the Eagles. Remember, they came in and dominated the Eagles yeah. and went on a big run, did the Packers, going back a, a couple of seasons? That famous relax year. It's not the relax year. Yeah. I think the Eagle defense will put Rodgers on his keister several times early in this game. That the Eagles are going to have a big night, a big bounce, but they've had it, they, they lost to Washington. They barely got by uh, Indianapolis. This week, they rise again to a high level at home to wrap up the holiday weekend, the Thanksgiving Day weekend. Right. Like blow the Packers off the field. And like I said, fourth quarter, you might see a guy named Jordan Love wow. as quarterback for Green Bay.
6: What? Now that's a prediction. The end of 30 consecutive years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, because the Eagles are going to knock Aaron Rodgers on his you-know-what
3: I, yes, sir. That's exactly what I believe is going to happen.
5: Right. Ricky, good stuff. Uh, where are you having Thanksgiving tomorrow?
3: Right here in Florida. The whole family's here. Mom's here. The wife's here. Everybody's here. So right here at Shea McCoo, uh, right outside of Disney World in Florida, we'll we'll have an 80-degree Thanksgiving meal. Nice. And then, uh, and then we'll go shopping Friday morning. I'll be on the radio Friday morning. Uh, on WIP with the great Rob Cherry. And after that, we go shopping. Every year on Black Friday, we go shopping for our Christmas tree, a natural cut real tree. Nice. And we'll spend Friday afternoon putting up the tree.
6: Can
5: a lot a of traditions. I like you Get a decent one of those down in Orlando. They got those real Christmas trees?
3: Got plenty of them. That's right. Okay. All right. They That's come exactly. in from Maine or Vermont. Happy <laughs> <they> <laughs> Thanksgiving to both of you. You and your families, you know, I love you both like brothers. You do a fantastic job, and it's always an honor and a pleasure to come on.
5: Rick. it's Ricky. an honor and a pleasure when we get you yes. on. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving as well, and we'll get you back on uh, down the road. And turkey, guys. If Jordan, love, if Jordan Love plays on Sunday, you know on Monday we're going to be giving you props here at Birds 365. Oh, yeah. That, that's a and I'm today. giving you props already for deep frying the turkey.
6: I love fried that.
3: I love it. Some Cajun Cajun spice fried turkey. You'll mm. never have it in any other way.
5: Very nice. Ricardo, happy Thanksgiving, buddy.
3: Felicidades.
5: That is the uh, voice of the Eagles in Espanol, Ricky Ricardo. Nervy prediction. That's either, a great prediction. Either such a blowout and or injured because he gets sacked as often as he does. Aaron Rodgers does not finish the game. Yeah. that we will see Jordan Love on Sunday night. I'm not ready to get that bold. If, if gonna, Ricardo I'm wins, God bless him, More power to him. I'm not ready to go quite uh, that boldly yet with an eagle uh, prediction on a witness. Hey, Johnny Mack and I do have to give eagle predictions because we're off on both Thursday and Friday. You'll get McMullen all week all over the place and certainly on Sunday before the game, during the game, after the game here on the Jacob U2 channel. But you uh, going to get on the record with me next, right here on Birds 365.
7: Go to get your
4: game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
0: Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why.
1: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
5: 65 not only for today's show but for the week as well um yes the uh, powers that be here at jacob media have been good enough to give us the next couple of days off thanksgiving and the day after johnny mac and i will be back on monday after an eagle victory uh ricky ricardo went there i'm going there i'll give you details in a second john mcmullen are you going eagles win and if so how
6: yeah, I'm going Eagles win. I I don't think it's going to be easy, though. Uh, but Green Bay's not very good this year. Um, Aaron Rodgers creates some problems, always creates some problems. He's a very smart quarterback. He's going to get rid of the football quickly. Um, so he's going to create some issues. But their offensive line, as Ricky mentioned, has struggled. They don't do – their receivers are terrible, let's be honest. And – they're very inconsistent. So even with Christian uh, Watkins making big plays, he also drops the football. Um, you can see the prostration boiling up in Aaron Rodgers. Defense is not good. Um, they do run the ball pretty well. So Aaron Jones is somebody to keep an eye on, especially. Um, so I think it's going to be like it's been Without Dallas Goddard here, I think it's going to be a bit of a, a struggle, but they'll ultimately outlast probably in the – they're favored by seven, probably in the 24-18 range, just under that number, I would okay. say. I, I take the Packers with the number. All
5: right, but so you're going a little the, bit toward the Packers. Um, I'm going to be – a I'm sticking. I I chided Jonathan Gannon because I think he's a little too stubborn earlier in the show. It's my only knock on him. He's a little too stubborn uh, and I'm going to be stubborn. Two weeks ago when the Eagles played the commanders, the Eagles were favored by 11. I said, stay away from the game, but I liked the over. I thought points were going to be scored and they were and the Eagles uh, end up losing the game, but the game did go over. Last week I said, Eagles will win, and the Eagles will cover against the Colts. I kind of like the over again, though. And the last two weeks, I predicted the score to be 31 to 20. I'm taking Eagles 31, Packers 20 again. Again. I'm going back to the same exact score for the third consecutive week. haven't gotten right either time. They didn't even win a damn game against the commander two weeks ago, and they didn't score 31 points this past week. Late touchdown, just about got him to 17. No, Eagles win the game because of the offense. I think that uh, Jalen Hurts has an even bigger breakout day. Uh, He scores early. He scores often. I think the Packer defense is a major drop-off from where it once was. Uh, I think Russell Douglas will pay a price this week. I know he's been good. Uh, Rudy Ford's not going to make those same plays this week. That was kind of an anomaly last week. 31-20 eagles over the packers and we'll be back on monday to resume it all right so uh, what duties you got other than hanging out with me uh, over the next couple of days uh duties are i gotta pick up a turkey
6: today um yeah i, um, I
5: meant eagle coverage duty No, yeah i know what you meant nothing but, uh, is what uh, you're
6: saying okay No, uh, they're they're practice the, practice it's a walkthrough today though mm. um but I'm still debating. I don't want to scare everybody whether I'm going down there because uh, right. you know I don't want to get the. I want to be the guy blamed for getting the Eagles sick. Yeah. Oh, to love to do um, that.
5: I'd yeah. love to stick that on. So you,
6: I, I, I don't know. But uh, my my main duty is getting healthy uh, over the next couple of
5: days. So uh, hopefully, uh, it's a good respite for me. You, you and Dallas Goddard both. Uh, Johnny Mac, have a happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Enjoy the couple of days off. Uh, happy forward.
6: Thanksgiving to our producer as well, Tone DeShield. To so, uh, and happy Thanksgiving uh, to all the listeners
5: and viewers uh, here on the Jacob Media YouTube page. And, oh, by the way, it's going to be a good day of football tomorrow. All three games, at least on paper, look good. So enjoy your football and your food happy thanksgiving we thank you for tuning in here every day on uh, birds 365 we'll be back next monday enjoy your holiday everybody.
2: you've been listening to birds 365 the destination for the passionate eagles football fan who bleeds green